Hi, this is Donna Otto. Welcome to Modern Homemakers. I listened to one of my podcasts, and my voice is very irregular, isn't it? I hope it's not offensive to you. I think, oh, it should be stronger, oh, it should be softer, oh, but that's just me critiquing myself. I just want you to know my voice comes to you with great affection and kindness for all that you have done for Modern Homemakers, for your gifts, for your notes, for your questions, for your hits, for your subscribing. Thank you so much. Uh, We are about to enter the Advent season, and the big book is not going to be available this year. A couple of you who ordered them, there's refunds coming back, and Advent candles will be here in time, but you need to get an order in if you want them, because we only have X amount of dozens this year. So that's coming. Advent conversation will follow, and uh, then we'll go through Advent together. I want to finish this series um, primarily from Edith Schaefer's book, What is a Family? And What is a Family is described in many ways in this volume, and I've selected some of the pieces that I think are pertinent to all of us and how we might Um, engage in our own family. So today I want to talk to you about a family is a shelter in the time of storm. A shelter in the time of storm. And in Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 34, are some words of Jesus that really slay me. I, I think that's the only word I can say. They slay me. I'm going to read it to you. Then the king will come and say to those at the right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared to you from the foundations of the world. Semicolon. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. <laughs> And then the righteous, I, I hope I'm among them, will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that you saw, we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? Don't you feel that way? Like, if God would ever say that to me, I'd say, I, <coughs> Now, I know this passage, so I might stop and say, oh, maybe that's what he's talking about. But these folks who were listening to Jesus say this didn't have any Bible that they had already read, didn't know what was coming. And they said, and the king will answer them. And Jesus said back, and the king will answer them. Truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. And then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are cursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Kind of strong voice there, doesn't he have? For I was hungry and you gave me no food, and I was thirsty and you didn't give me anything to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't welcome me, naked and you didn't give me any clothing, sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? And then he answers finally, truly I tell you, 
just as you did not do it to the one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. I'm not here to talk about heaven and hell today. I'm only here to talk about the profoundness of Jesus' words to us when he says, these people have been in the storms of life. The storms of life. Do we notice them around us? And when we have a family, how do we become a shelter in the time of storm in our own life? The storms of life which hit the rich and the poor alike, young, old, brilliant, dull, the winds and the rains, thunder and lightning, sudden fevers, pandemics, aches, pains, COVID, age, infections and disease and death. They come to us all the time. They come to us all the time. I think because of the pandemic, we have heard much more uh, in all the media forms, you know, from Twitter and Instagram to the emails to commercials to television. And we've heard much more about how many people are sick and how many people are dying, how many people are in the hospital. Now, there's scarcely anyone of us who have not experienced some degree of physical misery, not only of ourselves or someone we love. My father died in the hospital during the COVID. He was hospitalized for 13 days. I never got to go in the hospital and say goodbye to him. Um, I feel sad about that. But these are the facts of what's going on. And this is what Jesus is saying to them. When you fed me, when you gave me drink, when you welcomed me. So for the memory of physical illnesses, especially the memories of home, what are the memories you're providing for your family? Are they memories of tenderness and cool hands on the forehead, clean sheets, special tricks, drinks, back rubs, medicine that is timely, maybe flowers in the room, Vicks on the chest, which we know doesn't help at all, but reminds us of what our dad or mother did, and it's a comfort. It's reading or singing or visitors. For me, when I'm sick, I always want Lipton chicken noodle boxed soup. It was my mother's loving way when I got sick. She would buy me Lipton's boxed chicken noodle soup. It's still a comfort to me. My mother had a kind heart and offered mercy to the sick. Me, on the other hand, I'm not much of a mercy, mercy person. I can tell you today that the story I'm going to tell to you, which is now 48 years old, <laughs> um, I, don't, I wouldn't do that again. But I did it when our daughter was four years old, so that's 46 years ago. She came into the night and she said, Mom, I'm feeling kind of hot. And I said, get a drink of water. She came back a little later. Mom, I'm really still feeling kind of hot. I said, well, go in the bathroom, get a cold cloth, and put it on your forehead. Literally, in the middle of the night, that's what I was doing to my four-year-old little girl. The third time she came in, she said, Mom, I'm really hot. She was crying and sniffling a little. And I jumped out of bed, and I touched her forehead. Oh, my gosh, she had a 102-degree temperature. Now, I've always said that God loved Anissa so much that she was seldom sick in the night. I'm not a good person in the middle of the night. Um, I'm better. I'm better. But certainly, that little Jesus who came into my room that night, I turned away. I didn't say, oh, honey, come, what can I do? Dad, get up. I didn't do that at all. 
so much for my mercy, so much for my shelter in the time of a storm. But I am glad to say that my mercy has increased. And the passage we just read uh, the day before yesterday on Isaiah 55 is, my ways are not his ways, and his ways are not our ways. And when we minister to sick ones, we do it unto Christ. And certainly Christ is telling us to care for one another in our family. A family, uh, Edith Schaefer says, is a well-regulated hospital. I love that. Think about a hospital. They are efficient. They are clean. They have energy. They're available. Laura Bush said that the wife at home, the woman at home, the parents at home were the commanders in charge of comfort. The commanders in charge of comfort. A shelter in the time a physical need, a warm place where a sick person may continue being a person instead of a project. When I read those words of Edith, I thought to myself, that is so true. We want to relegate. Um, I may have mentioned this to you on air, but uh, a doctor, his name is Guwande, and he wrote a book called The Moral uh, Something Choice. I'll think of it, and I'll say it again. But he described what was going on in our culture. He's, he's a doctor. He's not a follower of Christ. And he said, we, just what Edith had said, we make this a project. And we don't take into consideration who this person is. One of the illustrations was, if your parent is a bright, bon vivant, extravagant, outgoing person who has a lot of people in their life, don't put him in a nursing home where he's going to be in a room all by himself. Just respect who he is and who he always will be. So the shelter in the time of storm that we provide for our family not only is being a comfort to them, but is teaching them how to comfort others. Illness is a period of time in a person's life, a part of his or her life, and we need to be offering a shelter and comfort. I know that is very hard to accept in this time of our culture, especially when it's much easier to find another way to take care of our parents or grandparents or family members. A family grows together when they help one another. There's a family in our church where they have four daughters, and one of the daughters was born with a disease that caused her to be blind. And um, I watch them often. I see them when we go to church, um, when we used to go to church regularly. Except that you notice she has her stick, it is, it is almost undetectable that she's blind because Everyone in the family, the dad is behind, the mom is the side, the sister is sitting, there's a nudge, there's a touch on the back. There, And this girl just operates her life like she can see, and she can, because those who love her are taking care of her. One of my dearest friends in the world lost her leg. Um, she was a young woman, and her husband and she were living in Wisconsin. And this cancer came, and the doctor said, you have two choices. And one of them was to amputate her leg, and they did. And, and family came together. They moved back from Wisconsin. She moved in. They moved into her parents' home, which was large enough to accommodate them. And the family came together. Make it a habit to help your family remember that your home was the best hospital in the world. Be practical. There are practical things. Change the bed linens. If you don't have enough to change the whole set, change the top sheet. Or at least put a fresh pillowcase on. 
make the bed wrinkle-free as best as you can, certainly crumb-free. Um, give a sponge bath, uh, just warm water and a soft cloth, body lotion if the body will allow it, some smells, help them brush their teeth, change their sleeping clothes, have books and magazines and music available. My husband says I do that very well. I think I do that because that's the project part. I've had to learn to do something because one day David said to me, I feel like I have to hurry up and get sick so I'm not in your way. Ouch! <laughs> Don't you hate it when the husband says something that's absolutely positively true and you wish it wasn't? And he was right. I didn't have time to do that. But Edith's book helped me. This is decades ago. I have a friend who's in the elder care industry, and if she were here, she could help us understand what it is to take care of an elder for long periods of time. My husband and I have lost all four of our parents, and during the times of the end of their lives, we made a conscious choice of what we were going to do to take care of them. And may I tell you, two out of the four were, mm, dare I say, impossible. Yes, I dare say impossible. They were. And it tested every fiber of our being. It tested every fiber of our relationship. It tested everything about us. But we had made a commitment that we were not going to leave these folks our parents um, stranded out there. A shelter in the time of storm, the storm of physical illness, emotional crisis, financial crisis. Each of these storms should be a place that in your home, they feel that there is a shelter. Learn the difference between a cry and a sob. You know, a phony baloney cry. I used to say that to my daughter. That's a phony baloney cry versus a sincere cry for pain. A brokenheartedness, which I heard her sobbing in her room one night as an adolescent. And I thought, is that a Nissa? Is that a cat? And then I went down and listened at her door, and she was sobbing. And I knew the difference between a cry of anger or pain and sobbing and I knocked at the door and went in and she told me about the trials she was having in the eighth grade with some girls. So be a comfort in the time of storm in your family. Be available, be compassionate, be selfless. In the storm we don't usually need teaching. What we usually need is tenderness. And remember that as you do it to the least, you do it to the Savior himself. I'm Donna Otto. This is Modern Homemakers, and we're very glad you joined us. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of being tender to those who are in the middle of a storm. Mm -hmm.